today about defining versus distinguishing terms. Yeah. yeah. So this should, this should be a good one. Right. And if any of you out there um, have been a part of the Pioneer Lab or um, run through Education Reimagined or um, have attended the Pioneer Lab trainings, this should be a little familiar to you. Yeah. So this is, this is interesting because this comes up quite a bit, especially in, in our positions. We have a lot of uh, people that, that we work for, uh, or that uh, mainly our teachers, mainly, you know, yeah. and our administrators. A they, lot of people. Uh, they yeah. want the answers. They want the answer. Yes. And we're in positions to give answers, so they want the answers. Right. And, or the other thing is, is they want to see, air quote, it. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, that's a good one, right? You show, I don't understand, which yeah. is a valid question. Yes. So show me what it looks like, yeah. which is not a valid question. Not a valid question. And so, and I participated in the Pioneer Lab training earlier this week. So Congratulations. Like, yeah, it was, thank you. It was amazing. <laughs> and um, really, I kind of came back with this clarity around what my frustration has been with trying to explain this to people and butting up against this, well, what does it look like? What's the answer right. question? Right. Um, so here's my, my clarity around that, which I think is really important. Okay. And is probably like the whole point of the Pioneer Lab training to begin with. So I'm glad I, I, I got I think the so too. <laughs> Good. I'm glad I got <laughs> that um, for a very long time, we've been working with the idea of definitions, and mm -hmm. that's what people like, because a definition is just a very clear description of, like, the exemplar, mm -hmm. right? Um, and in personalized learning, which is more of a, it's a paradigm shift, it's a way of being, it's a way of existing, there is not one exemplar that you can describe that would capture all of the characteristics um, that interplay to be the existence of personalized learning. So to go along with that theme a little bit, so what if we just take all those different characteristics and average them together and come out with something that's kind of, you know, satisfies everything, right? Because averages are, are cool, right? Averages are not cool. In <laughs> fact, they don't exist <laughs> what? at all. No Could such thing. Could we have been reading a book? Yeah, yeah. Well, what you know what? Let's save it. And it can we can do a quick little resource review corner. Oh, oh or, nice. Yeah. Good. We may have talked about that book, but, anyway, but I'm sure we have. But yeah. but th but this no, is the you idea, can't. Right? Like so, that's also kind of where the idea, yeah, of of the definition came from. Is that like right. you could average everything, and that would be like the perfect exemplar of all the qualities you're looking for. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. It doesn't actually happen. So what we need to be doing when we're just when we're talking about um, these new ideas and this new paradigm of learning is to be uh, distinguishing, which is where you set out the boundaries of what is and what is not. Okay. So like if you think about right the average, how that doesn't actually exist. There are examples that 
would qualify as, as an is, right, is personalized learning. And there could be, so like example A is personalized learning and example B is personalized learning, but they may not have exactly the same level of characteristics. Right. So to like, to make this more concrete and less abstract. Okay. Um, one characteristic of personalized learning that um, this group agrees upon is uh, the idea of learner agency. Okay. So, so learners being able to take ownership and direct their own learning to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. So school system A may have, um, may have it set up where like by the time they're in middle school, they really are sitting down and saying like, this is what I want to study. This is how I'm going to do it. I've decided that these are the books I'm going to read, you know, but that's high learner agency, right? So that's one example. That's a yes. That's an okay. is. Right. But then school B might have learners just setting goals mm -hmm. for the week of what work they're going to complete, mm -hmm. um, you know, managing their own learning. And for that place and time, that's also an example of successful work towards learner agency. So that's also an is. They're not the same. Right. They both are. So to get a little more, even more concrete, I think, yeah. that, that's really good, but that's still, I'm sitting, um, I'm standing here and thinking that may be a little confusing for yeah. some of our listeners. Yeah, sure, no doubt. <laughs> so the, the, the example that uh, we, I'm sure we talked about in one previous podcast or somewhere, but I forget. So, yeah. so it's uh, Pluto. Yeah. And Pluto is my favorite planet now. It's, it's or not Or is it? It's not right, so it's not a planet. So yeah. what the, one of the example that they use, which I like, and, I, and I've kind of spread the word for this one, right. is one day Pluto was a planet, and the next day it wasn't. Right. Now, did something happen to Pluto? Did it go out of orbit? Did it get blown up? <laughs> did uh, something happen? No. What so nothing happened, happened. Nothing happened to Pluto. Okay. But in our the cool. dis, the um, the distinction of what a planet is changed. Okay. So it was I forget exactly what it was, but it had to be it was something about having having to clear out your neighborhood. Of any foreign right. objects or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's exactly what they added. That, that's yeah, that's what they added. And Pluto doesn't do that. No, so not a planet. So it's not a planet anymore. So we just change the boundaries of what a planet was. And right. there, there are all these different different characteristics a planet has to have. Right. And since you change the boundaries, it wasn't a planet anymore. Right. So we have, you're saying we have these boundaries of what personalized learning is. Yep. And as long as what you're doing fits those characteristics, yeah. then it's a yes. Right. Even though my district could be doing something completely different than your district, right. but still within the boundaries, yes. therefore it's personalized learning. Right. And my district might have a strength in a different aspect of personalized learning than yours. Right. We're both still personalized learning. Right. With the goals yeah. of trying to get to those other characteristics. Right. Uh, Education Reimagined defined it as uh, they have five different characteristics, right. I believe. Yeah. So Yeah, we can link to the we'll link to their information so that you can see. In, right in the show notes. Yeah, right in the show notes. Yeah, which maybe like, so the other idea that just struck me as another way to kind of think about this idea of distinguishing and boundaries is okay. art. Okay. Right? Okay, so uh, now oh, we think about we Andy Warhol, <laughs> right? So the boundaries of what is art and what is not art. Well, he really pushed those. Is a Campbell's soup can art? Right at one point, point, at one point, the answer was no. Now, the answer is not quite black and white. You know, it could be art. Andy Warhol said it was art, so then it was art. 
Um, so I think <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's pretty true. much how it went. <laughs> that it is true now that I think about it, it. And now we all agree that, you know, in that instance, that is art. Um, so, you know, why, so bringing it back to like personalized learning, like I think it it's on us as the people who understand this paradigm and believe it and really feel it to continue nurturing those discussions of what is and what isn't rather than just um, giving one example and holding it up as the it. Right. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And one, one thing we could do as educators is really think about what we're doing all the time Yeah. and thinking if that fits into the boundaries or if it doesn't. And if it doesn't, then why am I really doing it? Right. Because if I'm not doing something within those boundaries, I'm probably doing it more for myself right. than I am for the learner. Yeah. And that makes all the difference. And that's that's a mind shift. And that's thinking about what you're doing. Right. But that's our job, I thought, too. So. It is. Yeah, that is our job. So we should be doing that. We should be doing it. No one said it was easy. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Yeah. Everybody would have a podcast on this stuff. Well, podcasting is easy. Right. Everyone. <laughs> Says you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't actually do that. That's, that's very true. All right. Um, so how about some resource review corner? Yeah. So we're going to do a couple of different ones today. Uh, or at least I am. I'm not sure what you're Yeah, no. Do. I've got one to pull out. I'm, like, I'm walking over to my bag. Well, I have two today what? then. Who one of are them, you? One of them, I know. Well, I'm making up for the lowest time story. That's I never true. really have. All right. All right. So you do too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the first one I'm going to do is a book we just talked about. It's called The End of Average by Todd Rose. Yes. And I'm reading it through for the second time. And I kind of breezed through the first time. Uh, and it was fascinating. It was good. But yeah. it was summer. And I, I yeah. obviously I wasn't that focused. Because the more I read it now the more I'm just like looking at every couple of paragraphs thinking, oh my God, like, this is... mind blown. It is unbelievable. <laughs> like, what am I doing in my job? In my life. In, in my, my life, life. yes. Like, am I, I'm thinking about things co- completely yeah. the wrong way. Yeah. So it's um, a book that will change your life. Yes. It is amazing. If you can watch his TED Talks, it would be fa- fabulous. If you could see him in person at some conference sometime, better. just go see him in person. He, ge- he gives a lot of stuff from the book. But it is a very superficial part of his book. Even though he talks for an hour, he gets so in-depth, it's amazing. Yeah. I really, as we're sitting here and I'm thinking through this book, and this gentleman, Todd Rose, and his books and his talks, I think that they are actually a a high-leverage resource for moving people from um, like traditional education to personalized learning. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. We should have a book study on that. Uh, yeah. For just ourselves, yes. if nobody else. Yes, we'll do that, Matt. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good. Do you have one here? Let me go again. Um, go again, because I, I know what it is, and I love it. So okay, so I've got this book in my hand called Which One Doesn't Belong? And it's uh, a book by Christopher Danielson that came out uh, sometime this year. Um, it is a book of shapes. And that's it. It's it's a short book. It's got like 17 different, different pages of shapes. Um it's extremely difficult to explain without video, but this... Yeah, well, here, so it's like, so it's kind of like, you remember that game, like, which of these things doesn't belong from Sesame Street? It kind of builds off of that, except there's something about every shape yeah. that doesn't belong. There's no answers. There are no answers, <laughs> yeah. So, you have to argue which one doesn't belong. Um, but there's no actual answer. It's fascinating. It's fascinating, and I like it. It's a it's a geometry book that you can use at any level 
of math teaching for, for your yeah. learners or for us. I mean, we're looking at it right now. And like, yeah, we're, we're, we're having Are you in it the other day? Yeah, we were totally. Well, that's the other thing. Like, I actually think you could use it in any subject. To, I do also. To, for critical thinking and argument and, um, well, argument's the most important standard we could be teaching learners. So. The mic. Yeah. So it's, it's a book that is well worth it. It comes in a hardcover. Uh, which has a little bit of teacher notes in it, but it also comes in a bundle of soft covers that we have that you can use for your class. Uh, it is an outstanding book. It came out this year. Uh, it's recommended by all kinds of math people on the internet, including Dan Meyer. Uh, so please take a look at it. You will be fascinated, and you will order it, and you will buy it. Yeah, I'm excited to go play. Yeah, me too. Me too. Me <laughs> too. Um, all right, so the book I have to review is called The Art of Coaching Teams Ooh. by Elena Aliar. And I haven't actually talked about her first book, which I'll, I won't review right now, but um, I admire Elena. She is a transformational coach. Um, that's kind of what she calls her style of coaching, and I believe very much in it and, and uh, strive to be like her. This book is specifically about... Um, working with teams of people. So as a coach, like facilitating groups, working with groups, and it starts off in a very unexpected place. Um, and is talking very much about, um, like energy and, um, understanding people's positions and people's like, um, like the core of who they are as people and then how that interacts with the group. And it's it's a fascinating book. And um, I've already taken some things from it to help with uh, some teams that I work with as kind of some new things to try. And uh, it's just, it's a it's an inspiring book for anybody who works with groups of people. Nice. Yeah. I like this first time we've talked about this book. Yeah, it's a great book. It's fascinating. Well, that's it for this week. Now we can say officially now, Courtney, that we are a weekly podcast. We're a weekly podcast. So make sure um, you subscribe to us on iTunes, rate and subscribe, share with your friends. You can find us on Facebook. Our Facebook page is with MC, and uh, you can head to our website online, which is plearnmc.weebly.com. That's where you will find a pretty version of the show notes, and you'll find our parking lot as well, which that's how we get ideas for the show and grow the show. You can follow Matt at Eat Sleep statistics and you could follow courtney at belolan c i keep it easy for people and eat sleep stats isn't easy okay <laughs> so you can also follow the show twitter oh yeah at MC, uh where we've tweeted out some videos lately that we think you'll be extremely excited to see so yeah make sure you follow the the show one uh i think that's it for this week that is we'll talk next time <laughs> Thank you.